to Remember Twilight, a literary podcast covering all aspects of the Twilight Saga. On Remember Twilight, we talk about all things openly. Mental health, relationships, sex, religion, fashion. We also understand that there are conversations that will come up that we might not be able to do justice. We want to include as much diversity as we can, so if you'd like to share your perspective with our audience, please message us. Oh, and fair warning, we are not spoiler-free. Hi, everyone. Hi, everybody. This is Marin. This is Emily. And this is Mary Beth. And this is Remember Remember Twilight. Twilight. (laughs) Welcome to this episode of Remember Twilight, everybody. We have the amazing opportunity to be able to talk with Mary Beth from the Miller Tree Inn. We also have the Cedar Creek Inn as one (laughs) of the things that it's known as. So we're just going to try to confuse people as much as possible. I'm just going to smush it. No, I I really want to make sure that I'm saying the right names for things. And I'm uh, unfortunately really bad at it. So keep me on track. Keep me going where I'm supposed to be going. I realized in my Cherish episode, I called the song Silence. I just called it Edward's soliloquy like four times. And I was like, I know that that's like the subtitle of it, but that's not what that song is called. That's how I do things. (laughs) All right. Back on track. We are so excited to have you here with us. It's been a long time coming. We've been waiting for this interview. We'd love to talk to you. Our listeners are big fans of Forks, and we've got a new bunch of new people coming this year who get to see your place for the first time. Uh, and everybody who I interact with on Instagram absolutely loves you and is obsessed. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm very (laughs) excited to be here. Well, let's go ahead and start. Um, Do you mind introducing yourself, including your name and and your pronouns that you go by? Yeah, of course. I am Mary Beth Thurman. I go by Mary Beth or MB, just kind of depending. I answer to both. Pronouns are she, her. And yeah, when I introduce myself, I always feel so awkward. I'm like, what do I say? Uh, (laughs) But you know what? Um, I think I'm pretty well defined by, by being an author and an innkeeper at this point. Love that. So Mary Beth, for those of our listeners who this is their first time hearing your name, will you tell them a little bit about kind of where 
you are in the world so they can figure out who exactly you are. Because I know everybody, after you tell them more about yourself, will be like, yes, I know exactly where to place them. (laughs) Yeah, Um, we have the distinct privilege of living in Forks, Washington. I was a Twilight fan and and visited the Miller Tree Inn, which um, has been named the Forks Book Accurate Cullen House. So my husband and I bought that a year and a half ago. So if you are on Instagram, you might've seen us, you know, around there. We do some cosplaying. I cosplay Rosalie. He cosplays Charlie. Uh, We were a part of the big, you know, wedding recreation and whatnot. So that's, I don't know. I think that's probably the biggest Twilight connections we have. We fell in love with Twilight, bought a Twilight house, moved to Forks, and we run around and cosplay. Wow. I cannot. That's like living the dream right there. You're doing what exactly everybody wants to do. It's incredible. Now, so speaking of Twilight, you said you're Twilight fans. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your Twilight origin story. And, and if you could do maybe both of you, that would be awesome. Yeah. I love that y'all call it an origin story. <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. So it all started with, gosh, I don't think I've ever talked about this before. So this is kind of fun, but I was terrified of vampires as a kid, like terrified of vampires as a kid. I would, I remember going to sleep with the covers pulled up around my neck, like just convinced. I I saw this like black and white original Dracula movie way back in the day and it terrified me. So I stayed away from vampires for a very long time. And then my husband and I were in college and we saw the trailer for Twilight. And it was the first time that I went, huh, this looks different and interesting. And I was like, hey, I want to go see this movie. He's like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Are you serious? Yeah. So I dragged him to it, loved it, um, dragged my aunt to it and she loved it. And we just really connected and bonded and grew even closer through Twilight. And so she and I, along with one of our mutual friends, uh, planned a trip to Forks and we stayed at the Miller tree and we did all the Twilight sites and all the Twilight things. And I'll never forget standing in the inn and thinking, man, I, I love this place. I love Forks. I feel like I could do this one day, like maybe I could have a, a place like this and, you know, maybe, maybe I could live in Forks. I don't know. And the years passed and Trent and I just kept coming back to Forks and he fell in love with Twilight and yeah, the, the end came available and, and we jumped right on it. Your first introduction to Forks is almost identical to mine and Marin's. Uh-huh. She's my aunt. And so we <laughs> both went, um, we camped at the Three Rivers Resort instead of staying in the inn. So we had a little bit of probably of a different experience, but stay, probably around the same time. We went for the first time in 2008. So it's kind okay. of right when Forks was pre-movie-ish. Yes. But that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> what an interesting time for y'all to have come to Forks too, because I know that the town was still really trying to figure out how to handle Twilight and how to make it a destination for fans. So I think you've got, you guys have probably seen a lot of evolution in Forks over the years. Oh yeah. Like the inn had the, I don't know if they're still on it, but there was like a little silver mailbox and it just had those like 
stickers you buy at the hardware store and it said c-u-l-l-e-n and mm-hmm. and then there was this little whiteboard that just said the colons are out of town da, 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 da. i mean we have pictures of it and it was very sweet and uh to be able to go back now and it's like it is legit a twilight like we walked in last year and to see Carl the the cross of Carlisle colon it was just like everything we had ever dreamed of it being had come true so you guys really <laughs> I I love that you know the thing we say about Bill and Susan the previous owners is twilight happened to them mm-hmm. and god bless them they did everything <laughs> they could to try to figure out what to do to make it special for fans and you know they loved twilight and they loved the fans and all of that when we came in, we wanted it to feel a little less like coming to a twilight attraction that says twilight and to feel more like an immersive experience for someone coming for twilight. So you walk in and you feel like if Esme Cullen bought this house, what would she do? She would, she would preserve history but she would also add like a modern touch. And we felt like it would be a little more light, um, a little more airy. And so, you know, painting walls and remodeling Carlisle's office and trying to find the little details that really fans would come in and go, okay, I know exactly what this is. I think you're nailing it. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. All I say is how we have left to do. So I I really appreciate when people stop to tell us, Hey, it's, you know, you've also come a long way. We really appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. While we're on the topic of just twilight origin stories, can you tell us how Trent became Charlie Swan for everyone (laughs) on Instagram? Because this is something that I just kind of like watched happen from the sidelines, but he's embraced it so fully that it's just so entertaining to watch. I think he just connects so deeply to Charlie. It's, it's really funny because you'll hear guests, I mean, guests that are not Twilight fans are fascinated by this. I mean, <laughs> they have so many questions and he's like, you know, I kind of just am Charlie. I kind of dress like him already. I kind of vibe with Charlie. I just, I just like to kick it up a notch. But it all started in 2016, and Lissy Andros, the director of the festival and um, director of the Forks Chamber of Commerce, asked him um, if he would if he would play Charlie. And this stemmed from him dressing up in 2015 to meet Stephanie Meyer. So he dressed up like Charlie, and we <laughs> took our books to meet Stephanie. And his, he had a fake mustache the first year. Okay. And it was so hot. I don't know if you guys were there in 2015, <laughs> that long line. It was burning. We were sweating. We were in line for hours and his mustache came off. <laughs> so he, that's it. he has, a, he had a copy of new moon. That's what he wanted her to sign. And he put his mustache in there and he forgot about it. <laughs> so we get in there to meet Stephanie and I'm like, Stephanie, I like, I want to be an author and I adore you and all these things, you know, and she's signing my book. And then she goes to open trends and a mustache falls out of his book. <laughs> <laughs> and that woman, I mean, she had been signing for hours, God bless her. And I think it was just the funniest moment for her. She cracked up. She probably, if we were like, Hey, do you remember when somebody's mustache fell out of their book? She'd be like, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. He truly is a twilight fan. That is <laughs> next level. It was wonderful, but, um, he had done that. And so Lissy said, Hey, you know, you're, you're dre- like, you dressed up as Charlie and that cosplay was pretty good. Would you want to do it in official capacity, um, this year? 
So he got kind of talked into it. He wasn't sure that he could really be a performer or that he could handle the spotlight. But when he got into the cop car and wheeled into the front yard of the Miller Tree Inn and fans rushed the car, <laughs> it was done. It was done. He like that, that he had dug his grave. That is Incredible. so amazing. That is the part of the story that I think I was missing because I always heard that from the point where Sam was at the Swan House yeah. and they asked him to step in. And so in my mind, he just kind of really got swept up into it. But I do like it better this way. That's so <laughs> charming. <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the start of everything. We like had walked over to City Hall talked to a police officer who's now the chief of police here and talked this man into putting putting him in the car um, <laughs> in the front seat of a cop car and you know it's the most forks thing you can think of and just wheeled in there and they went wild and then he didn't do it for quite a while and after we decided to buy the Miller tree the FTF prior I asked him to bring Charlie back and then Sam and V saw it and were like, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, indeed. <Sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. So Mary Beth, will you tell our listeners how you have been involved with the Forever Twilight and Forks Festival in years past and how you're going to be involved this year? Yeah, um, it's really evolved over the years. It started, so in 2016, We were volunteers that year, so we helped set up for the dance or just kind of do whatever needed to be done. Um, And we did that in 16, and then uh, we were gone for a while, and I think we started doing that again in 2019. This year, well, last year, I guess, things really changed because we bought the Miller Tree. And so the Miller Tree always has the Sunday event called Vampire Central, where, you know, we have the cosplayers at the house and Cherish performed um, last year, which is something she's going to do again this year that we're very excited about. But it's the opportunity for fans to come in and tour the Cullen House, see the changes, see Carlisle's office, see the graduation caps, listen to some great Twilight music by Cherish and just hang out with their favorite cosplayers and connect. And then we will be, we'll be at a lot of the events this year, actually. And then we're also having a pre-festival event on Wednesday at the Miller Tree, which will be the Cedar Creek Inn uh, on that day. So yeah, cosplaying, hosting events, helping set up, run around in the shadows, you name it, we're, we're in there doing it. Oh my gosh. Uh, you just must be like planning your faces off right now. I can't even imagine. It's a lot. We have a really, really great group uh, that stays with us every year, though. And it's pretty much always the same group because they have the first choice to rebook the end for the following mm-hmm. year. And nobody wants to lose their room. So <laughs> it, it very rarely changes. But because of that, they're family. So we also get to just throw them into the chaos and they like to be involved as well. So that makes it a lot easier for us, knowing that we've got such a great group back at the house who's willing to pitch in do what needs to be done and are just excited to be here yeah I love having we have a little group of of buddies who are just they have our back and it feels really good yeah yeah what a fun tradition for sure (laughs) it's a lot of fun and it really feels like the family getting together like we're all talking because you know we're just about two weeks away now and everyone's just talking and so excited to be back and family be back together so we're really looking forward to that 
For those who have never been to the festival, what would you tell them to expect? Besides chaos? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it really, uh, there's a lot that's going on at FTF, which you guys know. Um, there's no lack of things to do. There's people everywhere. There's events going on. It's a lot of fun. I think the thing I didn't realize to expect was how welcoming people were at the festival and how you can go even with a small group or by yourself and come away with lifelong friends. Coming away with lifelong friends was something I did not anticipate about the festival at all. Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, expect fun, expect chaos, expect friendship. I don't know. It's a ton of fun. Awesome. So now that we've got our Twilight base, we know where we're at. I would love to hear more about other things that consume your time that are not Twilight related. And I have a very specific question in relation to your book, which is, had you been writing Summoned prior to moving to Forks? Or was it kind of an inspiration to start writing since you got there? Mm -hmm. Um, The first scene that I wrote in Summoned was something that was playing out in my head. I just kept seeing the scene over and over. And that was way back in 2009. And it was... It was right after I'd graduated college. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And the scene kept popping up and I had majored in literature. So I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should just write it down. And then I kind of shelved it for a while. And I, I pulled it back out after we had moved to Washington and we were coming out and we were staying at the inn a ton. We were trading work with Bill and Susan, we would come out and um, work during the winter and we would get free room and board. So we'd help them organize the storage shed or build a bench for the backyard or whatever it was and kind of earn our keep. And the inspiration just really flooded back once I got to Forks and was spending time in Forks. So things really ramped up for my writing in general um, once I was out here. That's awesome. <laughs> like the inspiration from just being there. Yeah. It's a very creative place. And I think a lot of people feel that. But yeah, there was a ton of summoned. I mean, I wrote it everywhere. I wrote it commuting on the ferry, you know, coming out this way um, from Seattle. When we were living in Seattle. I wrote a bunch of it in Carlisle's office. And um, actually the Cedar Creek Inn, you know, being in there and being the Miller tree, the characters, Ben and Sarah are the only ones that are loosely based on real life people. And that's Bill and Susan, the previous owners. And it started as just a little nod to them and a thank you to them for housing us, feeding us, I mean, really taking care of us for a long time and allowing me to explore that creative outlet. And that was all, I don't know, it was all born in Carlisle's office. How special. So during our interview with Sam, she talked just briefly kind of about the event that you're hosting for Summoned this year at FTF. And we kind of just in passing mentioned how insane it must feel as an author to have published a book and then have all of these other things spring out of it that are like tangible and visible. (laughs) And, you know, you have the audiobook. So can you just tell us everything about this (laughs) (laughs) it's uh it's been wild guys I I hardly know what to think about it to be frank with you like I keep waiting for I keep waiting for the reality to hit me and for me to actually process that we're here and I just I don't know if I'm ever gonna fully process what's happening 
Um, but basically right before I published Summoned, Samantha had done a photo shoot and posted something in her story and I saw it and I went, oh my God, you know, how long have I known you and seen you? But this specific look really seemed like my main character. And so I reached out to her and, and told her that. And she was hoping that I would ask her to play the main character. And I was hoping, I guess, that she would tell me she wanted to do that. And so it was a little <laughs> while before I actually just asked her, like, do you, would you be interested in helping me bring this world to life for people? And we started creating content and then more people were getting involved and it's just grown from me asking one person, Hey, do you want to try to bring some of this to life to us planning tons of photo shoots and, and hiring videographers and uh, an event happening pre-festival. That's going to be an annual thing, by the way, we just confirmed that there's going to be an annual summon pre-festival event. The fact that people would want to, spend their time and their effort and their creativity is something that I just, I frankly cannot process. Yeah. All. One of the things that I think is so cool is that, I mean, so you were already uh, friends with Sam and like Emily said, how everything just kind of fell into this great spot of like, you published a book. Mm-hmm. She was there to really be the first person to help create the look and the feel of, um, you know, your main character and, and, and your story and everything. And like, gosh, what a, like a blessing to be able to just experience it so quickly. It must, it must be so overwhelming, but it's, I mean, you deserve it. You worked really hard and you put a lot of care into it. So, and you've got Cherish doing music. It's just, it's so amazing to see it happen from an outsider's point of view. (laughs) Yeah, it's been cool too, because it was such a solitary process, writing the book and getting it published and deciding, really going back and forth about whether I was going to go the traditional route or self-publish, deciding to self-publish and seeking resources to do that, having no idea what I was doing, kind of figuring it out on my own the whole way to getting it published and then starting to work with all these other creatives from the actors to musicians and not being alone anymore, having people to figure everything out with me has been such an incredible experience. And there's no way that we would be here if it weren't for connecting with Sam, because I thought I would love to do an audiobook, but I don't even know where to start. And so she got down in the trenches with me. We decided to do the multicast. We figured out how to put out you know, casting calls and get a casting director and how all this worked. And so really and truly without her, I have no idea where I would be in the process. I just don't think that I could have done it on my own. Uh, Definitely not this quickly. And it wouldn't have been done as well because she has a very specific set of skills that I don't. And together it works really nicely. It's like another perfect and beautiful example of Twilight bringing people together to make, (laughs) it sounds so silly to say it out loud, but it's like Twilight bringing people together to make the world a better place through art and through community. It's beautiful. I love it. Truly without Twilight, we wouldn't have found the end. And without the end, we wouldn't have found the people that we're closest to at this point in our life. Mm -hmm. And I can say that speaking for me and for Trent, our best friends and the people that are in our lives literally every day in some form or fashion, we met because of Twilight. 
Samantha and I met through Twilight, Cherish, Justin, Monique, Lissy. I mean, the people that we're talking to every single day, collaborating with people that I'm working on, you know, summon projects with, most of them came because of Twilight. It's so cool. And as a reader, I just have to say thank you for spoiling us with (laughs) Summon, because I don't think there's ever been a reading opportunity where you can pick up a book and you can read it. And then you can get on Instagram and you can see what the character looks like. And then eventually we'll be able to listen to that character that we have a visual for, read us the book and listen to music inspired by Mm -hmm. the story all within like, you know, such a short amount of time from the book being released. It's so cool. That is awesome. Yeah, no, it's, um, it's incredible. Cherish, especially, I would say, working with her over the summer because, you know, she was here. She stayed with us for six weeks this summer and it gave us the opportunity to just day in, day out. We'd come home from work and she and I would just start talking about ideas and she'd go, okay, I have this, this came to me. These words came to me. We'd start talking about it and she'd ask me questions about characters and we would just start deep diving. And then lo and behold, an hour would go by and here's another song. I'm just like oh my gosh, just watching her work was incredible. So that gave us the opportunity to really expedite the music process on wanting to, you know, we wanted to create a soundtrack, but just having that opportunity to be here together and be inspired together and literally at midnight have an idea and just walk downstairs and hash it out was, it was really incredible for us this summer. I love it. I love, I've loved being uh, able to kind of like watch everybody experience this whole thing and like make it just happen it's it's kind of it's been really amazing yeah the group's really some mover and movers and shakers Uh, (laughs) that helps and we've got some casts that we haven't announced yet but everyone will be announced either by or right after ftf that we currently have cast Um, so the day of the uh, tea party which is september 7th we'll be announcing who we cast as Fitz McGregor, who's the the main male, he's the male lead. Um, He's Hadley's love interest in the book. So that's what we're currently freaking out over. (laughs) That's so exciting. (laughs) All right. Are we on question seven? We are. I'm like, we have just been chatting so nicely. Um, So this is a question that is specifically about owning the Cullen house, but um, since we're talking to you, we may as well ask about like also being an author. What is your favorite and least favorite thing about being the owners of the Cullen house? We've kind of already talked about that, but also like being an author and a creator and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, You know, for the Cullen house, I think the pretty easy answer for favorite thing is the people. I mean, the people that we get to experience every day and we get Twilight fans every day, people that come just to see the house and take photos. There's people that stay with us as guests and it's really fun. Their enthusiasm, the fact that they've made it to Forks, they've made their pilgrimage. They're so excited. (laughs) It's just really contagious. So that's definitely the best thing. It's always hard to answer like the least favorite thing, but if I was pressed, I would probably say this is very, un- this is not common, um, especially since we put our rules out, but you know, some, not everybody is respectful of the house. So occasionally that can be difficult when people don't respect our boundaries. So that would probably be the, the more difficult side of it. But I would say, gosh, 
98, 99% mm-hmm. of people really are very respectful and just a joy to experience, but you know, people, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> totally. um, yeah, I think being an author, the hardest, the hardest part or the least favorite part is you have to be willing when, when you put, when you make yourself so vulnerable, you have to be willing to experience people not responding well to your work. So that's the hardest part for sure. Um, and, and in turn, probably my least favorite part, but again, my favorite part is when you're vulnerable, you also are going to have people that really connect with it. So that's been the best part is people reaching out and saying, I feel really seen by this character. I finally feel like somebody gets it because of this character or this really inspired me or I now want to go to Edinburgh because I want to go see all of the sites where Hadley and Fitz went. Things like that make every single hard part of it more than worth it. Yeah, Scotland has been like the top of my list for forever. And so reading your book, it was just like, I want to be there. Like the way you describe it and just the romantic vibe that it has. I'm like, take me here now. (laughs) (laughs) That makes me so happy. I like Trent and I both love to travel. We just, we love travel. And I think because they do hop around in the book, one piece of feedback that I've gotten is, is people are like, we know you love to travel. We can feel it. We feel the love for these places. And that makes it fun. That makes us want to go visit these places too. And if this inspires people to get out and see the world and travel, then I'm very happy about that. For sure. Uh, so a question we've been asking everyone, which now that I'm looking at it, it seems so silly to ask for you is how they're keeping Twilight in their life beyond the festival this year. So I guess I will kind of flip that and say, what are you most excited about being able to keep Twilight in your life after the festival this year? Ooh, that's a great question. I've been so focused on the festival that I feel like I don't even know what's happening after the festival at this point. (laughs) But I think kind of looking forward to what's next in the next year um, for the inn and for us personally, we have more projects lined out um, for continued improvements around the inn. And I feel like that's a very exciting thing because it's continuing that theme of if the Collins lived here, what would it look like sort of vibe. And so that's exciting to think about. And then also just the next the next uh, big cosplay ideas that we have on the horizon, which of course I can't talk about, but um, just gearing, gearing up for those sorts of things. I'm very excited about. Uh, I'm excited for what you guys have in the future too. <laughs> oh, I know. I'm just anxiously waiting for any bit of information that comes out because you guys <laughs> always nail it. And it's always like, I am your ideal target audience because everything is just like, makes me so excited <laughs> yeah. and we're so crazy and I think after we did the wedding we're like anything's possible <laughs> believe yeah <laughs> you know so <Okay>. yeah <laughs> we'll see what we come up with oh, yeah. <laughs> so you spend a lot of time in the colon house I mean mm-hmm. it is your place you own it it's it's your love it's your passion 
imagine that Edward was there with you mm-hmm. and he can hear your thoughts. What is the least thing you would want him to overhear you thinking about? Yeah, I'd probably kick him out. (laughs) He's insufferable. We cannot spend time with him. His anxiety gives my anxiety anxiety. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. I'd probably kick him right on out or up to the attic. We we have a we have two rooms on the third floor and there's one that's darker. It doesn't have as many windows. It's a little moody, and I'm like, that is Edward's room, and I can't wait to remodel that room. Cause I'm like, Edward would be in this attic room. It opens to the fire escape and there's those <laughs> trees out there. I'm like, he could just whoop, and like run into the tree. It's perfect. Um, <laughs> <laughs> these are real Rosalie vibes. What's going on here. <laughs> Rosalie, <laughs> this, is <why laughs> this is why Rosalie is such a good, oh, there's a number of reasons why Rosalie is a good fit for me, but like, I just want to like ring Edward's neck. I really do. Um, <laughs> I would not want Edward to hear me think anything because I'm a very, it's not that I'm a private person. I'm a pretty open book. You know, I'm, I'm pretty open about things, but I need to decide that I'm going to share them. And so someone being around that could just pop into my mind and hear my thoughts at any given time would drive me crazy. Cause I'd be like, you're not supposed to know that yet or get out of my head, like literally get out of my head all the time. Yeah. Like I'm thinking go away. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I'm processing. I didn't say this was my final answer. Stop judging me. (laughs) And you know, he does. Mm -hmm. He does that. So yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like literally nothing is my answer. (laughs) (laughs) Great. You're nothing. (laughs) So Mary Beth, before we let you get back to your very busy schedule, is there any other final thoughts that you'd like to share? And can you tell people how they can find you online and give you love and support? Sure. I am in so many places. Let's see if I can remember them all. We're pretty present on Instagram. So of course you can find us at Miller Tree Inn. Cosplay accounts are Just Rose Hill and Just Chief Swan. Um, and then summon my, okay. So summoned account is the summon series. And my author account is MBT underscore rights. And we just opened a Cedar Creek in B and B Instagram as well. So continuing with that immersive experience, we've, we've got Miller tree, we've got Cedar Creek in. So there's a lot going on there. Um, we're working on updating websites. I would like to eventually get an illustrated guide up on the summit series. So that's what we're working towards. So you can find information there, but Instagram honestly is the best place to keep up with us. What's coming up with summoned. Um, you know, we've got an audio book releasing, we've got events that are happening. We've got news coming up, um, casting announcements, and then Miller Tree and the cosplay accounts for all things Twilight. I am so excited for everything you guys have coming up. Go ahead and shoot me an email with all of those, the list of socials, and I'll just put them in the show notes so yeah. people can just click on them. They'll be yeah, right I'm like out of breath after that. That was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I would like everybody list. listening to also know that they have just released a Patreon page for Summoned, which I keep just... It's on my list to go sign up there when I open Patreon again. Uh, but you guys are posting all sorts of fun teasers and stuff. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens behind those doors. There's a lot going on, which means there's a lot going on for our Patreon members behind the scenes. The real 
struggles of, you know, good and bad of this entire process and the audiobook. Of course, there's always that behind the scenes type stuff. So it's a good place to go if you're interested in how this is all really shaping up and then getting the first look at, um, at things before they go live on Instagram. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come and hang out with us. Uh, I am greatly looking forward to Summoned Book 2, which I believe you've announced the title. Yes, Book 2 in the Summon series is entitled Crossed. Whiskers keeps me out. Um, this is all so exciting. Like we can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks and see your place. I can't wait to walk through there again and listen to Cherish singing. Um, if you're coming to Forks this year, uh, make sure that you go over to the Miller Tree Inn on Sunday for um, Cherish's song and we'll stand in line and we'll walk through the house and see um, Carlisle's office and everything. It's really a sight to behold. And thank you so much, everybody for listening. This has been a really fun series so far. And, uh, we have a few more interviews coming up after this one. So stay tuned. Is there anything we've thought of or said throughout this interview that you want the audience to remember? I would say this is, this is so me to say something like this, but (laughs) I would just say, remember that Twilight is a family. When I talk about coming to FTF, but also online, um, you know, I just think we need to remember that this is something that's brought us all together from different walks of life. Um, we're all different, but we're all family and, you know, we all have something that's brought us together. So remember you're a part of a big old family. Good grief. I couldn't have said that better. That's so beautiful. (laughs) I'm going to cry about it. Oh no. (laughs) Well, (laughs) thanks for listening. Love you guys. Bye. Bye. You've been remembering Twilight with Marin and Emily. You can stay in touch on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Remember Twilight Podcast. Please consider joining us on Patreon for a weekly bonus episode, access to our notes, original artwork, and to connect with our awesome community. You can message us at RememberTwilightPodcast at gmail.com, send us a voice message on Anchor, or leave a review on iTunes. Check out the show notes for all this information and more. Thank you to Stephanie Meyer for sharing her dream and making ours come true.